0: Good morning everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All right, good. Let's get settled in. Good to see you guys. Blessings. Nice to have you back. You been back for a little while? Wow, we didn't even see you. You live half a block from us. We're not very observant, apparently. <laughs> Alright, so we're going to continue on this morning, sort of, continue on from where we were last week, except we're going to be more focused this time. Okay. (laughs) This is kind of, we're going to be talking about faith, you know, the Sunday before we were talking about God's faithfulness. Oh, Really, we've got to get that straight in our heads, the faithfulness of God, before we can really, you know, understand uh, what faith means to us and for us and, and that. So today we're gonna to talk more about faith. You know, the, the story of God in the Bible really is the story of God revealing Himself to mankind. It's uh, it's God un- unveiling what is hidden to us. And the, the Bible tells us that God does this through creation, and He reveals Himself through creation, that He reveals Himself through the people of Israel, And then then through Israel, he reveals himself to the world. But we really see this, uh, his revealing of himself, especially in Jesus Christ. That's where we really see the fullness of this. And it's interesting because then uh, Jesus says, Now, as a believer, through you, I'm going to reveal myself to the world. It's kind of like with Israel. God reveals himself to Israel and expected them to shine his glory. And he ex- Christ in us expects the same. So the whole story of God is a story of faithfulness and faith. Um, the Webster's Dictionary Version, because you always got to go with Webster's, right, is to believe. Uh, the first one says, it is the ascent of the mind to the truth of a proposition or statement for which there is not complete evidence, okay? The other one, I I like the way this one reads better. It says more specifically, it is for belief based upon confidence in the authority and veracity of another rather than upon one's own knowledge. And for us, for believers, it's based upon the authority and veracity of Jesus Christ. Right? In our confidence in that, rather than upon our own knowledge. Not on your own understanding, but in all your ways. Right? That, that sense of things. So now, this, these definitions uh, that Webster's took are essentially really from the Scriptures. They really are. Webster's kind of, you know, based <laughs> this definition of faith, obviously, on the Bible. And so we're going to find that in, uh, first of all, what Nancy read in Hebrews 1, we have that definition that many of you will know so very well. And I believe this is the NLT version where faith is a confidence that which we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. That faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. That this hope we have in Christ as the resurrected one the one who's able to forgive our sins and to give us provide for us eternal life that we have that assurance that we that this will actually happen right and though we can't see everything we can't understand everything we we believe in that and we rest in that you know it's interesting because then in Hebrews the writer goes on to list as Nancy started reading um, all of these people from the Old Testament who had this incredible faith, right, and, and it goes on to talk about them and to commend their faith in God, um, and I, I won't read that again, but the Hebrews, uh, the way Hebrews 6 ends, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. But it is, yeah, it is impossible to please God without faith. You know, it's interesting. If you keep reading, all of the rest of Hebrews 11 is about all these amazing people of faith in the Old Testament. It's a great passage to read. You've got Noah and Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses and Rahab, the prophets and the kings, it says. It just goes through this entire list of these and women who are faithful to God, who've devoted their lives to God, who had this great faith in him. And then it moves into chapter 12. And you see in chapter 12 that we're encouraged to go forward in our lives in faith, to live well, not falling into sin, it says. So it it ends up saying, so that uh, we might run with endurance the race that God has set before us. So that this example that we have of all of these people for us will, will help us to, to ourselves, to run the race, to see this faith life and what it means. Now, that's interesting because verse two of chapter says tells us how we do this. It says we will run this. You know how we're going to run this uh, race. It says we do this by fixing our own eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. We fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and of our faith. And you know, Jesus truly is the pioneer of our faith. He is the one who is God, who has always been God, who has come before us. He's the agent of creation. He is the, the first of the resurrected, the first of many, the one who has gone first. You know, he's the, he's the perfect leader. He is the one who leads from the front and is willing to give us life for those that follow him. You can't get a better leader than that. He is the faithful one. And and not only is the pioneer of our faith, and I kind of like the way the NLT says it, he says he is the champion who initiates our faith. The champion who initiates our faith. He starts it out, gets it going. But he is also, as this passage says, the perfecter of our faith. And so, because he cares so deeply for us, he constantly challenges us (laughs) to help us grow in faith. And that is part of the, the, the life in this world, not just as a believer, but for all people, but as a believer, Christ is challenging us in our faith to help us grow. You know, the very concept of faith is God's, and his plan is for us to live by faith in him, And and we are to do this regardless if we have all the evidence or not, regardless if we have all the knowledge or understand everything the Bible says about him. That's not what's important. He says elsewhere, we are to have this childlike faith, this trust in him, like a trust that we would have as a young child in a parent that we know loves us and and watches out over us. In fact, it seems pretty obvious that God has purposely set it up, that we don't get to know everything about him. We just don't. We don't get to know everything. He's not revealed all things. but He's not given us all the answers. And I, we we couldn't comprehend it anyway. We could not <laughs> grasp his vastness, the fullness of who he is, right? And so, he calls us to have faith. You know, I think uh, if we're left to our own devices, we will quickly put our faith in worldly objects objects, or in people or in ideas or in concepts and, and not in what we cannot see or what we cannot touch. But it's our nature, right? To put our faith in, I can lean on this. You can sit in that chair You know, well, 99.9 times out of 10 <laughs> at <all>. hold. <laughs> if you're at Vince's house, you may not hold. <laughs> He's got one bad chair. You've got to watch that one. You know, the world trains us to trust our physical senses and our, our human logic instead of our spiritual senses and the Word of God. And that's where we have to get to, that we trust, trust our spiritual senses. We trust the Word of God. And you know, knowing us perfectly, knowing our propensity to, to trust, or I guess you say to trust not what we, we can't see or can't explain and to actually even see after ungodly things, Jesus has to be both the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. We need him for that. Because for any of us to believe, it takes an act of God. It really takes the work of God in us and through us and guiding us. And it's why the Bible teaches us that faith is a gift from God. You see, Jesus, is a gift to us from the Father. And faith is believing in the promises of God through his Son. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one can boast. And, you know, that passage is so important to us. And it should be. We need to be reminded about uh, where, who is the perfecter of our faith? Who is the pioneer of our faith? You know, both the abundant grace shown to us by Jesus and our uh, our ability to trust in Jesus is the one who can administer that grace. Both of those things, as well, are gifts from God. Because the spiritual battle is so great, the chasm between us and God so wide. If only God can bridge that gap. Right? Only God can bridge that chasm. And what's so encouraging to me is that God didn't leave our faith up to random chance. He, He didn't just leave it up to that. But he helps us to believe in his son by the Holy Spirit. So you might ask, how does that work? How does God help us to believe in him by the Holy Spirit? Well, there's a, a good uh, passage that explains that for us. I don't have to make something up or try to uh, you know, figure this out. Romans 10, 17 sums it up very well when it says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ or hearing by the word of God. So as we read the Bible or someone repeats the words of the Bible, of scripture, Holy Spirit helps us to see the truth of Christ, helps us to know that truth, to believe in it, to have faith. Now, we know not all who hear the word immediately believe, right? I don't know how many of you read the Bible, maybe many times, or different passages, or heard scripture, or heard the gospel, but it didn't impact you initially. It didn't change your heart at first. It didn't, you didn't believe Maybe the first time or the second time or however many times you've heard it. Maybe it's because we were not seeking God at that time. Our hearts were not seeking the Lord. Maybe it just was not the right time for some reason in our life, whatever that the reason is. And and I think there's there's so much mystery around that that it's it's hard for us to really grab onto God. Uh, why? The thing is though, when the time is right, God opens up the heart. God opens up their hearts and minds to see and to believe to trust in him, to have faith in him and to to see the truth you know once there is faith in God so once this happens once we have that faith that Jesus Christ is the son of God and we're, we're we have that set in our hearts and minds well then we have this is where we go next. 2 Corinthians 5-7. We walk by faith and not by sight. And you know, this is really interesting because really it's a call to action. It's a call to action despite not having all the answers. It's a call to action despite not knowing everything. So often when we come to faith, when a person comes to faith, they don't know all the theology. They don't know all of the the reasons, right, why they should believe. But they have faith like a child. They have this faith that, that is just in them, and they feel it, and they know the truth of Christ. And so they go forward walking in that. It's, it's putting your trust in Jesus and acting on that truth day to day, going forward day to day. And it, it involves being, obeying his commands because he says, look, if, if you love me and you have faith in me, then, then do what I say. And a big part, one of the biggest parts of doing what he says is, he says, love one another. This is one of the biggest parts of walking in faith. Jesus says, if you're gonna walk in faith following me, then he says, one of the biggest aspects of this is loving one another, especially brothers and sisters in Christ, he says, love one another. There's a second part to this, he says, if you do that, if you do that, you're revealing me to the world. You remember where he says, you know, if uh, if you love one another, right, you will display me. He says that I believe in John, when he says, by this they will know me. If you love one another, I will be shown through you. People will see that I am real. So you, walking in faith is, a, is an active daily process. It's trusting that God will help us despite whether we're... Really feeling his presence or not, whether we're in a great mood or not, whether we got it all figured out or not, whether we see him working at that time or not. And it, it also means trusting in God through the really difficult seasons in our life. That's the other thing, right? Like, in you know, fact, we're talking about this, how much easier it is to trust in God when things are going well. But are we going to have that faith, that trust in him, when they're not? when we're experiencing physical pain or emotional trauma or loss, even, and we just, I guess we, it seems more prevalent now, even are we going to trust in God when the world seems to be so anti-Christ, right, when the world seems to be so against the thing of God, abandoning the things of God, even just turning the other direction. It might even mean Trusting in God through persecution and even death, and you know that seems so far away from us as believers. We are so blessed and so protected in this country and in other countries, but it doesn't. We don't have to go too far or look too deep to see what's happening, and it always has happened throughout time around the world to Christians in different countries who are very much being persecuted, who lives are being taken, who are being who are being hurt for their faith. So it's in these times, when we can't feel or see God sometimes, that we we really must keep our faith. When we're really struggling, or we're going through pain, that this is when we find out, I guess you could say, how deep is our faith, how strong is our faith. And like I spoke about last Sunday, when you're in that place, sometimes you, you, you can no longer rely on your emotions. You have to rely on the promises of God. So this is why we're, we we do now as we're walking in faith. Walking in faith, part of that walking in faith is being curious about God, desiring to know Him better and learn more about Him and grow in Him. You know the interesting part when you're not feeling God? If you spend time in His Word, maybe you will. <laughs> right. maybe he'll gain more of a sense of his presence because he's revealing himself through those scriptures that's right you know knowledge of his faithfulness and the love of his son is really important this is what keeps us going and what helps us I think it's so interesting that Jesus said after he was resurrected and uh, to Thomas and he said Thomas Blessed are those who do not see me, and yet they believe. Blessed are those who don't see me, and yet believe. You know, that that is such a reality for us, even in our life. Blessed are we, when we don't have that sense of Christ really with us, because we're in emotional pain, or whatever it is, and yet we believe, that we continue to hold our faith in Him. And this is a profound truth. Because I think so often in our lives, there's going to be those places, those times when we're not going to see him. And we need to cling to the truth of who he is because we know him in our minds as well and in our hearts through, through study and understanding, through experience. That's the other thing. We can look at that and be reminded of, oh, but what the Lord did this for me at this time. And he helped me through this thing. And so I, I know he is with me. I know he's with me. 1 Peter 35 says that through faith we are shielded by God's power. And for the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. That by faith we are shielded by God's power. Well, isn't that a comfort? <laughs> and it's not just our faith. It's also the faithfulness of Christ that is shielding us, right? It's not just based on whether we have faith or not. It's it's back to this idea again that he is the pioneer of our faith. He helps us to believe. He continues to keep us in faith. You know, I think that's the, the thing. From start to finish, faith is a construct of God. It's not a human idea. This is God's plan, God's idea. He enables to have faith he makes sure that our our faith is protected, and then he helps us to grow or to mature in faith. And, and in this world, which is mostly adverse to God, we really need that help. We really do. It can be really discouraging at times if you let, you know what, some some weeks, you just don't wanna watch the news anymore, okay? <laughs> It's just not helpful. <laughs> it's just not helpful. And so you turn that off. And and don't be bombarded with that. The truth is we need his divine protection. And we especially need his his protection of our faith to watch over us, to protect us. It's just way too easy to become discouraged about things and even get to a place where we might doubt God. The enemy of our faith, isn't that interesting? That term is used. The enemy of our faith will do everything he can to turn us away from God, to cause us to doubt And if we lose faith, if those of us who have believed lose faith, imagine the witness that is to those around us. I can just imagine what my brother might say if after 15 years in the faith I walked away from it and said, oh, it's all a lie. It would be a horrid witness to those around me, to people around me. You know, I think what's so important is the opposite of that. when, When people see us going through pain, physical pain, when they see us going through emotional pain or loss or some struggle, and yet, even in the midst of tears or whatever it is, we have this hope. We have this faith that they can see is so strong. We have this trust in Jesus, no matter... What's happening? Now, that is an incredible witness for Christ. That is God revealing himself through us to others. So, you know, the circumstances might change. Uh, You know, even when we're in these times, we know they will come to an end. We know seasons change. We know things change over time. We just need to keep our faith in Jesus. First Thessalonians 5.23 says, For the one who calls who is faithful, God will make it happen. I like, this one says, And he will also bring it to pass. And the version I have says, God will make it happen. I kind of like that. It's a little bit stronger and more, something to stand on, right? He will bring it to pass. No, he won't make it happen. God will do this for us. The one who calls you is faithful. He will make it happen. You know, the Lord keeps us blameless, and I talked about this about last Sunday. He keeps us blameless from the accuser, yet yeah, so that He has no case against us in the court of heaven. That's the wonderful thing about that faith in Jesus Christ: that there is nothing that we can, can be held against us because we are in Christ. God ensures that this is so for all of us who put this faith in him, right? We know this. This is what he has told us, that he has imbued us, he says, with his righteousness. So, on our own, it's not p- possible to stand blameless before God. There's no hope. There's no way. We know who we are. We know who the, what the scriptures have revealed us to be, right? Of a sin nature um, fallen But because of Jesus, because he is the author and perfecter, right, or the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, it's done. There's nothing that can be held against us. The accuser can say all he wants. He can say, Alan did this, and he did that, and remember the time he did this, and and everything, and the Lord's like, yeah, yeah, that was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, that one wasn't good. And then he just looks at him and says, all gone. doesn't matter. That's all gone. That's all covered in the blood of Christ. He's good. He's mine. There's nothing you can say that's going to change my mind. And that's the amazing and wonderful thing that Jesus Christ has imbued us with his righteousness. The faithfulness of God is what enables us to live in the life of faith. To continue in faith and to stand blameless before God on the last day. And we know this is true. We know it's true because of Scripture again. And I'm just going to keep showing you these Scriptures that are going to prove to you that this is true. Alright? Philippians 1.6 And really the part we want out of this is He who began a good work in you will carry it through to completion. Well, it's all good. He will continue His work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. or When Christ Jesus returns. This is one of those promises that we need to hang on to and then to stand on. That he who began a work and you will carry it through to completion. It's another proof that we don't walk the journey of faith alone. That this is not something we're, we're, we're just doing on our own. And we, God is not helping us with He's with us every step of the way. Even in the, in the darkest hours. And, and that is the power of being in Christ Not not that we are powerful, but that Christ in us empowers us to live a life that we could not live on our own, could not live apart from him. And that's the, the wonderful thing, that he empowers us. You know the words, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in us, the hope of glory. They're more than words. It is the reality of God who is faithful to see us through to the end. Christ in us, the hope of glory. If you're struggling with God, struggling with faith, discouraged and and, and even questioning whether God really exists or not, you're in good company. (laughs) You don't need to be ashamed or deeply concerned about that too much. Um, The accuser of our faith can really work on us at times. The world can really work on us circumstance and, and trial can really get to us, and especially if it's if it's really, really difficult. But because God doesn't let us go, because he is the pioneer and perfecter, right? He's not going to let us stay in that place. He's going to keep prodding us, keep bringing us someone to encourage us, keep showing us in his word that he is true, that he has steadfast. Many of us have that, that time in our life where we question the existence of God, but my encouragement is don't give up because as we've seen, and, and we can find many more passages, God does not give up on us. He does not give up on us. I've said this to a couple of younger people in their lives who have come to know Christ and feel like they've kind of walked away or been abandoned by God. And like, he's not done with you yet. Okay, you just need to know that. You gave your life to Christ. <coughs> he's going to honor that. He's coming back for you. You might know when or how or where, but he's not done with you yet. And that's the beautiful thing about God. He doesn't just cast you off because you're being faithless. All right? That's the wonderful thing. When you have come to a place in your life where you've trusted and picture of faith in God, he is very tenacious about keeping you close, about keeping you Close to him, you know. You may not be hearing or feeling his presence, like I said. But again, I love that those words to Thomas. Blessed is he who does not see, and yet he believes. You know, during those times in our lives, blessed are we, not feeling him, and yet we just hold that faith. We, We believe. We cling to God, no matter how we feel, no matter how we feel. You know, and, and then of course when we're talking about faith and, and suffering, we think about Job. Right? It's just natural when you're when you're talking about this that Job comes to mind. Um, and the suffering and the, the horrible pain and loss that he experienced, and yet he never forsook. Of him. He might have struggled, he might have challenged, he might have had a lot of issues in there. And I, I can't tell you why God allows all the things to happen in our lives, other than I know. This fact that without trials, without challenge, then we'll not grow. We won't mature in faith, and that's what God wants. He wants us to mature and grow in faith. So one of the things that He wants for us that no matter what assails us, that we have a trust and belief in Him that does not waver. But that doesn't just happen. That doesn't just come about in easy circumstances. And in a quiet, nice, peaceful life. That's not how faith grows, unfortunately. I mean, we'd really like that, wouldn't we, in some ways? You know what I realized? God cares more about your relationship with Him, about your very soul, than He does about your comfort or your pleasure. He cares more about that than your comfort or your pleasure your relationship with him in your soul. And He only he knows what each of us needs to go through in order to be close to him, uh, to, to get where he wants us to be, to get where, I guess, where Job got to, where Job was able to say, even though he's slain, I will trust in him. That kind of faith, that kind of abandonment to God is what God is looking for in us. A little challenging? Just a bit, right? I mean, that's a little. That's that's quite the challenge. But God desires that kind of faith, a faith that's grounded in the love of Jesus Christ, a a life abandoned to Him. And that faith only comes when we desire to be close to God, when we desire to walk by faith and not by sight. You know, the other thing is, if we had all the answers, we wouldn't have to walk by faith it was all laid out for us and everything was visible, there, there'd there be no reason to walk by faith. We would just see it all. If God revealed himself to everyone so that there was no doubting him, there would be no faith. And it's interesting. Well, we could even say, well, what's wrong with that? What, what's wrong with that world, right? Where we just, God reveals himself and, well, one, it's not how God chose to work. It's not what he chose to do. And two, Faith is an integral part of our relationship as life. He set this up. He designed things this way, that he desired that we would make a choice from him. God wants us to make a choice for him and his son, Jesus Christ. He does not want us to believe because there's no option but believe, because it's so obvious to everyone in the entire world that it's true, right, who he is.
1: So he set this
0: up on purpose. This is not a, something that Happened, was happenstance. It, this life is a place where we are tested by God, where we are being refined by God. We are being grown in the faith for his glory, for his glory, and not for ours. And I think that's our problem often. Our biggest stumbling block is our pride. One of our biggest stumbling blocks is that we forgot, forget that we're not supposed to be at the center of our lives. Right? And so we can get skewed in our thinking about God and why did he do this and why is he? All of those things because we put ourselves back at the center. And unless we have God at the center, we're, we're gonna be messed up in our thinking. We're gonna be, our thinking's gonna be skewed. And the world believes that me is at the center. right? That's how the world views life. everything. The I is at the center, not God. And God flips it on its head and says actually, I'm at the center and you're here to worship me and to glorify me and through that this is the great part. When you understand that you have that faith in me, you will gain your true identity. You will really understand who you really are and you will have peace. So it says, not as the world, right? It doesn't have peace, but you'll have peace in me. You know, as long as we live through the lens of life through self, our needs, and by our power, we will actually lose sense of who we're created to be. And so I think that's that's one of the big problems with so many people in the world, and why there's such an only problem. you want to call it sadness, or uncertainty, or fear, or whatever you want to call it, all of those things, is because they do not have the true sense, that true peace of who they are. And it's only when we come to the realization in Christ that we have been created to worship Him and to follow Holy God that our identity is, is set, It's revealed, and it's set, and we have that peace. We gain true meaning and true purpose in our life in Christ, to that faith walk in Christ. And when we have this truth firmly set in our hearts and minds, nothing in the world can sway us. And that's the great part. We can go back and talk about stories of, of Christians through history who faced far, far greater trials and struggles than we did, who were not swayed from their faith by anything. Because they had this set. They knew their identity and they had it set in their hearts. 1 Corinthians one thirty, I think, sums this, this up for us tonight in a, in a really nice way. That God has reunited you or united you with Christ Jesus. And for our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Made Christ to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy and freed us from our sin. That's our new identity, and he did it. He was faithful to the Father in going to the cross and doing the work that was set before him. He was faithful in helping us to know that truth and to have faith in him. So you see, everything we have is a gift from God. It really is. Everything we have is a gift from God, including and especially our faith and our ability to believe in Jesus as our Savior. Even this is a gift from God. God did not make us and abandon us, as so many in the world believe. There's a lot of people who believe in God, but he believe he isn't active, that he isn't alive, he doesn't care. He just kind of made the world, and then he's whatever. Doing his thing, playing Mario. I don't know, whatever your concept is, right? Your generational concept. Uh, but it's not true. He is not a cruel God who doesn't care about what happens to us in this life. You know, he He said the promise was not that he would remove us from the world. Remember that prayer that Jesus has before he goes um, to Pilate and to the others in front of him? He says, Lord, not that you would take them out of the world, but that you would be with them in the world, right, to help them. Because we're still in the world. We're not there yet. And in this world, he calls us to follow him and be a light to others that he might be revealed through us. So we still suffer the hardship of this world, but he is with us. That is the great thing. God is with us through that hardship, through that struggle, through that trial. You know, and the trials, the hardship, the loss, you see this so often in people's lives. They either destroy you or they, they grow you. Right? There's, there's not a lot of in between when it comes to that. Um, people are often either destroyed by a struggle or a trial or loss or they're grown by it. I don't really care for that saying, what doesn't kill you, makes you stronger, but there's a certain reality to that, right? There is a certain reality to that. You know, for those who walk in the knowledge that God has made them holy, as this passage says, he has made them pure and holy and has freed them from their sin, life is still hard, but we have this great comfort from the Lord. We have this great comfort of God. And this is the perfecting of our faith. Right, that that God does not want standard believers, but that he wants believers that are growing in faith. He says that throughout the scriptures, that he wants us to mature in faith. Paul talks about those who just drink, are, are, are just taking spiritual milk, right? That they're still on a, this little beginning journey of Christianity and not really growing in their faith. And he says, his desire for us is that we would become grown up in the faith. That is the walking. That is the action part. That is walking in faith, walking by faith, and growing in faith. And growth, unfortunately, doesn't happen without trials and challenges. And that's why Paul says in one place, consider it a blessing, my children, when you face many trials, (laughs) right? And and we read that and say, really? That's a blessing? Well, it is. It is a blessing because the Lord uh, desires something more of us to be something greater, and he has a purpose for that—not to serve ourselves, not to be at the center of our own life, but that we might serve him and serve others in love. So he has a purpose for that. So we have to get outside of ourselves in so many ways, right? outside of our our selfish desires, our our focus on self, and that's really hard. It's hard for me. I'm sure it's hard for all of us in many ways because we like what we like, right? And this world is really shiny. Um, <laughs> I think of, is it ravens? I think ravens like shiny bits, right? And we can be like that. We can be attracted to the shiny bits, the fun parts, the, the, the stuff. Really, it comes down to this. I guess we're gonna finish with this, that God is a desire for us to be more and more made as brothers and sisters into his image. More and more into brothers and sisters of Christ being conformed into his image. That's the bottom line. And so um, as we go through this life, this faith walk, we just need to remember that. That he didn't say that he was going to make everything okay and everything was going to be fine and we wouldn't struggle or suffer. But that he was going to be with us He's not just with us, but he's with us in this glorious way. He's with us in this profound, life-changing way. Uh, this way that really affects your heart and your mind and your soul. And when that happens, others see that. And God, Christ is revealed to the world through us. And that's a great privilege, a great honor. And that's why he said we're ambassadors of Christ Jesus, ambassadors of the faith, revealing the kingdom. Um, and truly, what a greater privilege can be than that. That we might be part of Christ's work on the earth, revealing the kingdom of God. You know that? So, we, just so you know, if you were here last time when we had the lids on and we did a little lid struggle, <laughs> all the noise and the struggle, but was just our We didn't realize that the lids were going to come off that hard. So, there's no lids on today. We just did it this morning and they're covered, everything's mm-hmm. fine, but there's no lids on. So, you're going to have two cups, wine on top, cracker on the bottom. And just know there's no lid on. So, be careful. Alright, we're gonna show them up too much, so and uh, Dave will lead us through um through that as we go. Um, um, other than that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are are deeply blessed to know you. Yeah. And we can't even take credit for that. How humbling that is, Lord, to know that uh, uh, you seek us out, that you uh you draw us unto yourself. But by your faithfulness, you made it possible for us to have and to be back in right relationship with you. By your faithfulness in doing the work, Lord Jesus, that the Father sent before you, um, we can have life, in eternal life. And we thank you for that. We thank you for your promises. Your promise that says that you will complete the work that you began in us. Your promise, that says that you will never forsake us, that you will never leave us. All of your promises, Lord, that uh, that you will hold us fast and keep us close to you. We praise you for that. We thank you for that, um, that we, we have that in our hearts, and that gives us peace and joy every day. And we pray, Lord, protect us. Um, from the accuse of our faith who would seek to drag us down and uh, make us feel less about ourselves, to doubt you, guard our hearts and our minds, Lord, that uh, however way that needs to happen, whether it's through your word, through uh, the encouragement of others, Lord, we thank you so much for this body because that's what we do, we encourage one another in the faith and help each other in the faith. And so I thank you this day and I praise you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.